Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Two Dabs. I am your co-host, Michael Booth, and with me as always is my good friend, Michael Towie. <laughs> hey doing, there. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, about to rip this dab, that's what I'm about to do. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Oh, listen to that bubblage, man. I think this is this will be the last episode that I am not partaking in the cannabis. Oh, he's finally going to be able yeah, to fucking on. smoke. Incredible. Yep. I'm just going to leave me hanging. Incredible stuff. <laughs> oh, just lonely, Mike. Although I don't know if it might be a minute before I actually do dabs. That'd be a little extreme. <laughs> well, I've got a, <laughs> I don't know how much of this episode I'll be I've able to get through. I've got a big old glob of some live raws for you. Or oh, look at that stuff. That looks nice. A literal gram of meth. <laughs> So, whenever you're ready. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, dude. Fucking back at it. Third episode. Are you excited? Yeah, this is Are good. You excited this is good. To yeah. start smoking we some... weed again? I am, dude. Um, I've been. <coughs> the closer it gets, the more I'm like, oh, yeah. I, like, I've been taking this huge tolerance break. You know, for a while there, it was kind of just like. Never, it felt like I would never do it again. But now that we're, you know, I think I'm at, I have like three days left, so it's pretty exciting. Probably when this episode comes out, I'll be, I'll be uh, ripping bowls again and taking fat bong rips. You guys will all know and be able to take solace and and that the next episode, this will once again be two dabs and not one dab and some guy. Oh man! <laughs> no, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. It's your birthday next week, dude. I yeah, got a, I got a surprise for you. Oh shit! Uh huh. That's exciting. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm gonna go up to hang out with Mikey and Serena and Nappy. It's gonna be it's gonna be good times, dude. Yeah, it's. Uh, it was so funny the other night when you called me. You're like, "So where do you want to go for dinner? Do you want to go to In and Out?" <laughs> I started laughing. You know what's so like, funny what about the that? Fuck, dude? That was so funny. Sreen and I were actually talking about it in the car, and I was, I was, I was telling her, I was, this is literally the most you and I thing that we could have done to Michael. Poor Michael. He has. He just wants to like do something nice for his birthday. And you and I are so self-centered. We just see somewhere that we want to go and then just assume that Michael will also want to go there for his birthday. Like, what is fucking wrong with me? Maybe I should have asked you first. It was so funny. I literally thought you were fucking with me. And you're like, dude, I'm not even laughing. Like, you were like, I'm not even kidding. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Maybe if you would have asked me if I was high already. I would have been like, oh, dude, hell yeah. Like, I, I just that. forget that you hate In-N-Out. I, just I don't that. hate In-N-Out. <laughs> what? I just forget I that you think it. it's the worst burger that has ever no, been made. That's not true. That's all That's all bullshit. I just, it's I just not forget that, that you I like think to... Red Robin is better than In-N-Out. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> just, that is not true, by the way. Like, just let it be known. I did not say any of that. <laughs> I might have made that last one up. Yeah, I like In and Out, man. I just uh, I don't think it's like a birthday esque uh, place place to <laughs> yeah, eat. Yeah, maybe if you're seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want a double double. <laughs> it's the birthday party after T-ball practice. <laughs> Holy shit! Everybody's gonna get hopped up on milkshakes, be bouncing off the inside of the goddamn yeah. van. Yeah, I want <laughs> want some animal fries and a Neapolitan, dude. Let's go. <laughs> maybe late. Maybe later on that evening. We that's, might have so. To oh do. my gosh, that's what's so. F- wow, you literally you literally took the words out of my mouth. That's what Serena said. She goes, "I didn't mean it for dinner." She said that to me like I'm an idiot, which I am. And she's she goes, "I did. I meant it for like late night munchies." And I was I was I was like, "Oh yeah, that makes more sense." <laughs> I just walk myself into it. <laughs> just right off the cliff. This is idiot. No, dude. How old okay, are you going to be? I'm going to be 28, dude. We're going to be the same age for like a month. Gang. You, you me, and Nappy. 
Yeah, and nappy in dog years is 28 too, so we're all going to be just chilling. We'll have to take a photo like the stars have aligned. We need to get matching shirts. <laughs> we're 28. That's what it says yeah. on us. <laughs> It'll say on this day, one of those dumbass shirts. Wow, we're all 28. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. So let's let's get into it, dude. I wanted to bring something up here that I saw happening. Actually, it was yesterday. I was on the old Twitter, and it was like, I want to say, 2 or 3 o'clock. And I saw that Tim Allen was trending. And Our boy? Yeah. Tim the, the tool, tool man. man. Tim the Tool, the tool man, man is trending is on trending on Twitter. Tim the Tool Man is trending on Twitter. <laughs> Dude, thank God I got the spit guard, bro. <laughs> Your mic has COVID now. <laughs> uh, just kidding, Mikey's Mikey's not. Mikey's naked. I don't have COVID. He does not. Have you guys. COVID. Uh, but yeah, I saw he was trending, man. <laughs> I saw he was trending. And so I clicked on his profile because I was like, maybe there's a new movie coming out, like Santa Claus 5 or some shit like that, you know. And uh, I looked at the tweet that has like that was like the what was going on. And all it says is Karl Marx, period, Communist Manifesto, period, Wikipedia, period. That's the whole tweet. Like, <laughs> and, and what were what were the tech, the tweets leading up to that? Okay, so tweets leading up to that, there is, <laughs> this is what's funny about it. Like, it's was this in the, context or, you know, is, or is this just out of left field? So he's talking about, he's talking about like child labor, free public education, nationalization of the means of transport. Um, and then, but tweet before that, like is about Veterans Day. And then he's got another tweet that's him with a beard. It's kind of playing to the. Woke up this morning and noticed a bit more stubble. This always happens to me as I transition to you know who this Christmas, which I thought was cool. Like throwing oh, back yeah. to the Shout Santa out. Claus movies. I was like, that's sick. And then he's a good Santa Claus. Yeah, like he that first one is is so good, dude. Yeah, it, it gets yeah, me every for time. sure. Because it's just like it's also about like you know him being like a shitty dad and like turning it around, and it's just a really feel good story. Oh, that's funny. I don't remember any of that part. I just remember him as Santa Claus. Oh. So. Yeah, he's... You don't remember Neil, the fucking chode that his wife gets together with, the psychiatrist? Oh, that. my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with the sweaters. Yeah, the Weird knit sweaters. And fucking Charlie hates him. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, oh, my God, dude. I remember, like, I think one of the first Christmases I saw that movie... I think like my grandma like got me one of those sweaters and I was just appalled because I made the connection. Oh, you know, I was like, I was like eight like, years old. <laughs> I'm like, hey, dude, fuck, you think I'm a Neil grandma? <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Your favorite grandson. Uh, anyway, sorry. So it's and she stays with Neil like all three movies. He's a solid. I guess he's a solid step. He's probably, he's probably at the fucking pipe, dude. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, got got soft, he's got that damn. soft voice, but he's got that fucking yeah, pipe. Yeah, bro. He, carries, <laughs> he speaks softly, but he carries a big fucking stick. That's dude. why like, Charlie wants to go to the North Pole. You just hear his like mom Teddy getting railed Roosevelt. all the time. <laughs> Santa Claus might be magic, but we can't keep up with that. Yeah. That's so funny. Fucking schlonger, dude. So, yeah, he just tweets out this. Um, I think it was in reference to something that he quoted, but it just started, like, everybody started hitting on so it. So, like, so it's the call out to him being Santa Claus, and then it's the communism. Well, there's, like, another, I think, he quoted, I think he quoted Karl Marx in and another then he tweet. He says, look up the communist manifesto. Yeah. I, wonder if he just, I wonder if he just read it for the first time himself. I think... I think that's what's happening, and because it's like you know, <laughs> like I can think of someone pretty close to us. You know, I can think of a few people. They like just read something that's been around for a long time, or you know, and then just be. I remember that so in high school. Yeah, dude. It's like remember, yeah, remember when you like uh, you and I talked about the 
trail the tale of two cities remember the first time i read that book i was like sydney carlton is my fucking hero i was telling strangers on the bus about this guy <laughs> as if you i knew so him i remember like we talked about this and then you brought this up and you're like well you're i like, reread it i reread it <laughs> yeah. when i was at life gardens and i and even then i remembered i was like man this guy is just great dude you said you were gonna get stickers that was said what would Sydney bumpers do? what would sydney do dude what would sydney carl do <laughs> oh my god and uh <laughs> the i was looking at like the so you know back to this tweet i was looking at this stuff below this and something that really made me laugh was shout out to lm um that's her name she says make your own tim allen tweet uh, philosopher theorist, theorist with misspelled name plus last book you read plus last website you visited besides Twitter and then below it it says Sigmund, Sigmund Freud children of time Captain Siemens house of erotic cakes.com <laughs> holy shit <laughs> oh my god and the list just goes on dude there's so many replies to this tweet it's amazing Oh That's what I love gosh. about Twitter is just like... Let me read a couple others. <laughs> Frederick Nietzsche, 100 Years of Solitude, MangaGirlShitting.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, dude, it's so funny. And he misspelled Karl Marx. That's the best part about the first tweet is he spelled it as Karl with a C. And then, he, and then he just tweets again and he goes... Carl. <laughs> the only tweet after is just Carl with a K. <laughs> what? Oh my god. I am silent uh, right now because that is yeah. astounding to me. Yeah, I really think See, that Tim Allen read the Communist Manifesto last weekend and he has some thoughts. Meanwhile, yeah, he just read it for the first time since high school. And, uh, you know, he's just got that Sidney Carlton passion going right now. Yeah, he's all about Karl Marx, dude. Yeah, and I mean, I remember the first time I read the Communist Manifesto. I was, I, I definitely understood why people would get passionate about it, you know, and and why you <laughs> might want to do something like that. But I, I, I also think that the same thing could be said about a lot of popular philosophy texts. Right, whether it be yeah, like civil disobedience or yeah, exactly, like, <laughs> or you know things by Hobbes or things by or like the Prince by Machiavelli, and you know mm -hmm. you have like I've met psychopath guys who love that book, you know, and it's they're they're psychopaths. It's pretty simple. It's I stay away from that, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> it's really easy. So maybe I'm oh hoping that God. he just read it. And he, he, cause some of the core tenants in that, um, it's been a while personally, so I won't try and talk about it. Like I really know it, but I think in general, communism sounds really good when you talk about it. Like on uh, paper, you're like, oh, this, this checks out. Yeah. Especially if you are someone who comes from a pretty disenfranchised background, um, you and no one in your family has ever really, you know, done really well and understood what the work is involved when that happens too. And then also what challenges. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I uh, it's like when you go into a class and the teacher tells you that the curve, all the exams, you're like, fuck yeah. Like, <laughs> this is yeah. awesome. Like, like in the beginning, you're like, Oh, this is going to be sick until you like, get a really good grade and then it gets lowered because everybody else did shit on the Poorly. exam. You're like, Oh, I thought this curve was supposed to help me. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, how many times have you been in a group project where you're all going to get the same grade? Yeah. But there ends up being one person who does all of the work, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And there's like a person that's not even involved until, yeah presentation day and you're like give him note cards you're like wait you're like you're these. in this class i didn't yeah. even know <laughs> yeah, he's just i didn't even know we had a through text i thought we just had a group of four 
I thought everyone else had five and we just had four people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you go here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, no, I've it's been definitely... I've been on the discussion threads, dude. Like I'm in it. Like <laughs> Yeah, I just I mean if, I think we've talked about this a couple of times, but so much for group projects and COVID. Imagine having to watch like an hour long or like a half an hour long or really just an hour worth of students' presentations on Zoom. God, that sounds fucking miserable. <laughs> Dude, I actually, speaking of that, I did this class at Central where we had to work with students at the other campus, like the, on the west side. And so our, like the group I was in, our presentation was split between people at that campus and in class. So we had them on the screen, like the three of them, and then there was two of us and we would just take turns. We'd be like, all right. And now to, you know, we'd point at this, we'd like, like you guys, and then they would, they would like lag and then they would talk and then we would like, people would try to ask questions to those people. And it was, it was a night. It, yeah. It was a nightmare. Like, I feel like, like even then we were all in the classroom together for the most part. Like it was just kind of like one zoom, but I couldn't, yeah, I would space the fuck out if I was sitting on my own laptop, just like watching people present and zoom in their bedrooms like <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it's yeah, i don't know how there. people are doing school right now dude i'm so i'm so glad we we fucking got out before covid happened <laughs> it's interesting it's funny too because i i think about oftentimes especially recently with covid i think about how gross school was and how when people would get sick at the music building it would just spread like wildfire and it was a it was a Oh, I bet. There's like 450. There's like 500 people going to school at any given point in that building. And everyone would just get, everyone would just get repeatedly sick for like four months, basically. And everyone was terrible about staying home or nobody wore a mask. Are you kidding me? So I'm hoping yeah. if, you know, at least at the end of this, I know it's not going to happen in a lot of parts of the U.S. because people just can't be bothered with the concept of thinking about how it might just be a courtesy to do it when you're sick in the future. I'm hoping that it sticks in some places, some of the larger metropolitan areas, maybe like LA and New York and Seattle and San Francisco and Portland, you know, and cause mm-hmm. I definitely consider that. Like I think about that in the future and I think about even after a vaccinated world when I'm really sick and I have to go out or do things, I'll probably wear a mask just because I know just and understand. Yeah, I would. And and now that I understand how much it can be effective, I think it's just it's not that hard. It doesn't affect my life that much. Uh, no. Even now, you know, I've been going back to the gym because our gym's finally been open for a couple weeks, and I've been having to wear it when I worked out. I thought that would really bother me, and it really hasn't. I don't do hits or cardio with it i go out and i do yeah, all that stuff outside just because i can't breathe yeah. yeah yeah but mm. um you know lifting weights and all of that stuff is is fine with it on so nice. yeah yeah it's interesting um well, what uh, do you think where do you think where do you think um tim is on mask wearing you think tim allen likes to wear masks i think he probably does if he has to i imagine that he is you say he's a Trump supporter, menta- right? I believe so. Yeah. I think he's of the mentality that you wear it in stores. And he, I don't I don't think he goes to the store really. I don't think I don't think Tim Allen shops for himself. I don't himself. think Tim Allen is shopping for himself. No. So he probably doesn't really wear one unless he's like around people and even then I bet he I bet he keeps his nose out. I bet he's one of those guys. It's got the nose chilling above the Oh, 100%. The mask. Yeah. Or he's just full um, neck diaper, you know. Or, or he's like, like a, or he's diaper. like a fighter yeah. pilot, yeah, just hanging diaper. off the side. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen? There's a South Park episode that came out recently um, about COVID and the mask wearing. Oh really? And yeah, yeah, they call them they call them chin diapers in there because people refuse to wear them. Oh, that's funny. Uh, it's actually hilarious. There's a bunch more in that episode. That's that's super funny. <clears throat> no. Um, 
No, I actually was doing some thinking and recently as we've had the election since our last podcast. Um, That's true. We, we have to mention it in some capacity. Um, I actually did a little research on electorals and electoral college just because that process has always kind of confused me. And um, so I wanted to do a little bit of reading on it. And I, I actually still have quite a bit of reading to do on it, but I thought it would be interesting to kind of talk about how it really affects election results and really where the history is. And yeah. And then, you know, a question for you and, but what I thought was interesting is the, it's so the context of the electorals goes back and is largely rooted into major components of kind of the u.s economy and demographics and that is agriculture versus city and industry and then Mm -hmm. when the u.s used to have slaves and part of the electoral college and the reason why there are uh, different numbers that skew heavily because a lot of it is based off of population density all goes back to the three-fifths compromise, which was, I'm not sure if you remember what that is, but, you know, That's just that post, post post-revolution, post yeah, post-Civil post post War, <laughs> excuse me, I'm an idiot, yeah, post-Civil War, um, and it was essentially a compromise between the North and the South and the concessions to agree to that, that black people were only three-fifths of a human, and what the essentially did, but well, one of the many things that this did was that created three fifths of their population because at the time of rebuild post civil war, you know, when you're talking about the South, you're talking Northern Carolina down, definitely mm-hmm. heavy South. And it was at least 40 to 50% African American. And so you're, you're talking about, and in half of the people there were didn't have any rights. They didn't require any support. They didn't require the same housing or education. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? And then infrastructure. And then all of a sudden they ha- they were. And the South, not only could they, they didn't want to do it, but they couldn't do it. Right? Um, and then yeah, they had... recovering. Yeah, and then so they had, you know, and so it's interesting to to see how that one decision that was made for it's not it's it's not like it's you and I don't even understand besides reading it in a book, you and I don't understand slavery. Mm-hmm. You know, our our parents don't, yeah. our grandparents don't. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I. I I can never imagine what that time was like, but I think it's really interesting that the, uh, you know, a lot of the population density relationship that really creates the pressure around these battleground states comes back from a decision that was made in a post-rebuild world when 40 to 50% of a population of an area of the U S where, uh, a group of people that were regarded as three fifths. Yeah. Uh, And I, and, and that, and it wasn't that long ago. I think that's probably one of the craziest parts too, is, you know, this wasn't, you know, this was in the last few hundred years. Um, yeah, it's like two and a half generations ago, basically. Dude, and people, and a lot of that comes, you know, the only way you really like fix that for yourself, or I think people get a chance to fix that from yourself is we're all just kind of products of our upbringing, unless we kind of go to school and get out there in the open. It's, you know, I and experience, yeah, experience and, and learn. And I, I, it's, it's like we just talked about it's, I, I, if you still, don't believe in systemic racism after learning about the three fifths compromise, then maybe you just don't like read a lot of books. 
or you just are you're choosing to believe what you want to yeah or you just yeah or you don't believe in you like you would rather watch like a conspiracy theory video about it instead of like actually learning the facts or not even that you just don't believe the facts that's some stuff that you know like people still sometimes say like that the holocaust didn't happen yeah exactly you you, you literally holocaust deniers yeah exactly it's it's like just the refusal to acknowledge the kind of nastier part of uh the history of the united states and don't believe that it still has an effect today which it, it does i mean you know you just like all, yeah. the, all that you've just described yeah I mean, it's <laughs> yeah i remember i did a um a report in in early in high school uh, it was just like a do report on a president mm-hmm. um and i did a report on andrew jackson you know who is I mean the guy it's just so interesting his history is so crazy do you know the guy won like over 40 duels I was just gonna bring up the dude I was just thinking about the duels like <laughs> the guy <laughs> died with cool. like two lead bullets in his body or something like that when he won when he won he threw a three-day rager in which the White House staff had to kick him and his homies out and they were just partying <laughs> on the lawn <laughs> He got fucking kicked out. What a, what a fucking savage. Oh, my God. He tried to like we basically... We can't do this anymore. Yeah, the Whigs, like, he tried to, like, end national banking um, simultaneously. He When he was in the military, he chased Indians into Spanish-owned Florida and almost started a fucking war with Spain. Oh Literally chased him into... That. I can't remember what town it is, but chased him in... And then shot the Spanish mayor of this town, just in the open, just shot him. Wow! And then rounded up the Indians while that he's he president? was chasing. Uh, no, this is while he's in the military before oh, he I was ran for say, president. Yo, the yeah. president's just like. I think he. I think he ran shortly off. after that. Yeah, <laughs> the guy was a psychopath, and and then you know he's also largely responsible for the Trail of Tears, which is one of the worst Native American disasters. Hmm in history next to Columbus probably. Um, and then he's also happens to be on the $20 bill. He was a massive tobacco plantation owner and this psychopath dual, like dueling partying racist president is on the, most widely used drug bill in the United States. <laughs> this was my. This is how I culminated my presentation in, in high school. <laughs> I just thought it was the most ironic. I'm just thinking about the video you sent me the other day. We were like, I got a cool crisp Jackson right yeah, here for cool, you. Cool crisp. I was like, I can't believe I fucking. By the way. So everyone understands this video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, one of my this, lower points, I think. <laughs> or higher points, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> oh. Michael did a They bet pretty, me, first of all. I like to well, mention I, yeah. that I was bet That's to do true. this. It wasn't it wasn't just like, oh hey, look what I can do. I was it was like a, I was challenged. <laughs> I bet him a cool, crisp Jackson <laughs> that he wouldn't do a hot dab just directly out of the nail. Like putting the nail in my mouth. Yeah. So, you know, Which, how you normally put that in the rig. He yeah. just we just heated it up and let it cool down. And then he just put the the joint bottom directly into his mouth <laughs> and just yiked it. Uh, it was uh, it was not enjoyable. Um, made twenty bucks though, uh, so worth worth. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Uh, it was just so. Maybe that's how you so should hot. smoke your first weed when you get back. <laughs> it was a hot, <laughs> a hot fucking domer right into the mouth. A hot nail dab <laughs> right to the mouth. <laughs> 
God, that sounds it's like the closest I'll ever get to like doing smoking like crack or something. It's like the closest equivalent. It's just a hot nail in your mouth. Did you ever do a like a? Uh, wasn't that you guys? You're vaping out of um, light bulbs. No. <laughs> no. What the fuck? No. <laughs> there was someone no. at Central what who. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, dude? <laughs> oh my god. What? <laughs> it's a thing, dude. It's a thing. It's I've like never a, heard of this. It's like a ghetto vape, but you you got to get you got to get unpainted bulbs, or you have to clean the paint off the inside so you don't smoke the paint. Unless you want to smoke the okay. paint and you're going to space, but ideally you remove the paint first, and then you can just like melt weed in the inside of a. You have to take the bottom off, so you break off the metal part, and you take the like inside from the glass of the bulb. Yeah, so you just have the shell of the bulb, so just like, like the, the bulb filament and stuff. Yeah, there you go, dude. Exactly, exactly. And dude. you take the filament out, and then you're just left over. And you gotta make you want to like try and do it so you're not just putting glass shards onto your lips, you know? So wow, do it smooth, yeah. and then tape it. Yeah, then you just do it. Oh my god, I think I remember who it is, but I don't want to say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to out them on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's not like there's eight, there's three and a half people who listen to this, so it's not like it, it'll ever get back to them, but they, this includes us. Yeah, remain nameless. I don't. I would not want to be uh, no. associated with... Um, I would always do my best to not put anyone directly on blast unless it's you and me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that's oh man. <sighs> yeah. So anyway, don't you can do it, but I wouldn't suggest it. They make vaporizers these days, people, so you can just yeah. get one. Yeah, they're yeah, cheap. There's there's devices specifically designed oh, yeah, like a for weed vaporizer, vaping weed. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, dude, back to back to Andrew Jackson. We just went on this whole <laughs> went on this whole tangent. What about him? That he's, that he's a psychopath. Was my point. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you still had more on the. You were talking about the electoral college, I think, and then you you went on a Andrew Jackson tangent. Oh. Hmm. I brought him up because I was mostly just wanting to celebrate uh, uh that period of time in our history which was um i maybe celebrate's not the right word but kind of highlight the some of the decision making and people who were in power oh, okay. during these times yeah um and my question to you about the electoral college and in general uh, is do you think that we should keep it or do you think that it should just be a pure popular vote Interesting. Um, I think that there's some modifications that can be done to the Electoral College to make it a little more relevant. relevant. And because the what I've been seeing a lot online is, you know, people that don't really understand it, looking at a county map of, let's say, Nevada is a good example, uh, where right. you see Reno in the top left, and Vegas in the bottom, and those are blue. But everything else is red. Not everywhere else. And people are like, how did they get this? And I think that there should maybe be some re... I don't know, what is it? Gerrymandering? Is that the term? Gerrymandering. Uh, yes, that is the term. Maybe there should be you know, a little revision to the... Uh, where the Electoral College, where those votes lie in certain areas to be more representative. Or, because, with, you know, there's there's been those times where in past elections where you've seen, like, so, in, like, Hillary won the popular vote, I believe. But Trump had the Electoral College. Electorals, yeah. And... Happens. Yeah, and so, you know, I don't know if the Electoral College is the best way to, you know, to have the election be decided. But I think there's a better way than just the popular vote. And there might be a little, there's gotta be something in between maybe, or a way to, a way to make it so that so much, so many states don't have 
like such power in the deciding of it. Like the, you know, we were talking earlier before this, there's every year there's those, or every four years, there's those states that it always seems to come down to. There always seems to be like Florida, Ohio, Pennsylvania, um, like Georgia, you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, those always seem to be the states that are so heavily looked at and they decide, you know, the, uh, a big chunk of the, the electoral uh, votes for, you know, whoever's going to win. And maybe we, maybe we give each state like two and then it, it, you know, like they get one for like the Republicans win for the Democrats or something. And then there's, you see like, it can be two Republican, two Democrat. Um, there should be, I think that might be a little, maybe a better way. I don't know, man. I don't really know. You know, it's, mm. it's, it's hard to say because mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of factors. I mean, this year, like it was the, I think it was like Texas had like the most votes it's had like ever or something like that was one of the statistics. Yeah. Statistics like that are always tough though, because every four years we get better technology and we have more people. Yeah. More people on the planet, you know? So it's, it's like, uh, yeah, if if the, the amount of votes isn't going up every four years, there's a problem, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I mean, it's people aren't like paying attention. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely interesting. I, um, I agree with you. I, I don't. I don't know if it should be done away with entirely. I do think that it is. It is interesting when you see states like that. Um, I do think it's interesting that it always comes down to the same battleground states, and how you can be a conservative in California or Washington or New York, and it's just you could vote your whole life, and it just doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I think the other frustrating thing about the electorals is because it comes down into these battleground states like Wisconsin, Michigan, um, Pennsylvania, Iowa, Georgia, South Carolina, Florida, which are all at least two hours ahead of us, mm-hmm. right? The By the time it even gets to the West Coast, which it doesn't really matter because it all goes blue anyways, if the elections are, the, 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 the real decision-making of the election never lies west of the rockies <laughs> yeah know? that's that is it's, true the west coast doesn't seem to have much of a, a swaying yeah, a, a power like the ability to sway at all really it's just i mean it always goes it always goes left or i mean it has for a long time i shouldn't say always yeah. but it has for a long time and and you know even with that they bank on it so it's in the in the race to 270 the west coast doesn't you know it's just a guaranteed piece of that but it's never the decision maker mm-hmm. um so you know yeah i mean it's interesting i like your concept of like reducing the the numbers you know to smaller um to uh, smaller but i mean i do think there needs to be representation cuz to think that like oregon should have an equal say as California, I think that's ridiculous. But then again, you know, like what is the, it's a completely different world than when it was when we had electorals where states were still vying for sovereignty, right? And when people were trying to like create states out of territories and shit like that, you know, and they were trying to set up economies. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we, it's, we live in a much more modern world. So I agree. I think there should be a way to look at it. I also wouldn't, I don't think I'd be too upset with it just being a pure popular vote. Um, but from what I've read, uh, those generally sway left. Um, mm-hmm. so I think, you know, people on the right side of the aisle would probably be pretty opposed to that. I think it would drive more voting even, even more than we've seen this last election. Exactly. It would yeah. really force that's everybody my, to that vote. That was my thought. <laughs> yeah, that's my thought. It's like, look, like there's no more electorals. This is entirely up to you. You just have to, everybody's got to do their thing. And then I also think you could tighten it up because I do, I even feel, you know, I voted for Biden, but the way that each state was able to decide how long they could count mail-in ballots after 
the call date. I think I think there needs to be tighter. I need to, I think there needs to be uh, less state rights when it comes down to voter mm. setup, because that's a big issue you see too, right? Is voter restriction in poverty areas in black and minority areas, yeah. right? And then it's in and and it's like all of a sudden it's way easier to go and line up, and there's more places to pull at. Um, you know, in the wealthier white areas. And, um, and so, you know, I think there should be a better balance of that. And I, and I'm not necessarily one that believes in big government, but I think that's one of those things along with like fucking COVID where I think there's like agreeable truths across the board that we could set a standard for, For Hey, this is how every, this is how it's going to be done we we have done the research or we've done we've managed we've collected data from the last 25 elections this is going to be the best method this is how it's being deployed you know yeah. and then they're hired all the people who are poll workers they're hired it's their federal contractors right and their employees or something mm-hmm. like that and there's like a blanket because then that's here's the shitty thing because now we're stuck in a situation where this whole the whole thing's being prolonged because either one of these campaign administrations are allowed to bring civil suits against the individual states, which just drags the process on longer. It's costing money. Trump is literally fundraising for his, uh, he's calling it the Save America campaign, which is literally just his pay my lawyers to file these lawsuits in crazy yeah. states campaign. <laughs> but it, what it also turns into is pay my legal bills for when I get out of office and they come after me for the litany of impending lawsuits I have against yeah. me that haven't been able to been brought because I'm president and you know, and it's, and he's, it's, it's just, yeah, the, it's the, I don't know. I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's due for a change. Um, but I also would not be mad about a pure popular vote. Let's try it. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that'd be interesting to see. And I'm sure that, you know, a lot of things would change and, uh, we'd see a lot more of this, uh, you know, back and forth with, you know, people actually being out and expressing their political opinion, you know, trying to get other people involved to vote. You'd see a lot more of that, I think. And it would be, it'd just be a lot more involvement, you know, in general from the people. And uh, I'd be, yeah, I'd be really curious to see what happens there. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to bring something up. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, go ahead. I was just, just going to wrap, to wrap that up, I was just going to say, I, I mean, this, election with the, the amount of people that turned out i mean like i know i said that i every, every election there should be more people but you know i trust i trust like the american people to make the decision um well i might not agree with everybody and obviously not everyone's going to agree with me i believe that people are capable of finding out for themselves and while Oftentimes, a lot of people tend to live in an echo chamber. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. A lot of people that you know, I've I've seen firsthand where people have been able to uh, learn something new and and change their opinion, and I saw it happen multiple times leading up to this election. And I hope that that is a mindset that people continue to have going forward. Um, and I and I think it'll be easier as our entire population gets older you know um and i mean like our age group starts getting older and you know every the kids below us are just so woke you and i can't even keep up so (laughs) i have hope i've got i've got good hope for the future uh i wanted to bring um something up that i saw you know just kind of looking at the news this morning and uh saw something pretty cool um NASA, we all know NASA, has officially approved the SpaceX Crew Dragon capsule and Falcon 9 rocket for regular astronaut flights to and from the International Space Station. 
The agency has signed the human rating certification plan for SpaceX crew, uh, making it the first spacecraft NASA has certified for manned missions since the space shuttle nearly 40 years ago. Um, this is kind of big, I think. Uh, they're going to be able to start, you know, taking people to and from the space station and this is i think this well they've been doing that right they're they've been bringing people back and forth i think this so is, is making this for, it i think this is making it like let's see because they have to bring people and supplies up there like every six months oh it's saying they'll be able to carry more astronauts to orbit um and Got so it. i think this is Sick. like an increase in the ability to bring people to and from so I th- and i think it's us has to do with like the privatized version of it too right yeah, I think so. And also, there's Cause, it kind of just opens the door for um, more trips, you know, maybe possibly another trip to the yeah. moon. Because I think basically up until this point, even though Falcon and SpaceX have been used, they've been part of missions up to the ISS, it's been under NASA's purview. So they've just been yeah, contracting you're right, you're right. the equipment. Yeah. So this is kind of... So I think this is... Like, I believe this is SpaceX gets to send mm-hmm. people on their own now. And I think it was really big because what happened, remember, they sent the Dragon capsule with three private astronauts from SpaceX, right? And they were, they were, they were ex-US military mm-hmm. and it was essentially like a testing mission. It was, it was SpaceX equipment spacex personnel yeah but i believe nasa ran the program and now they're approved to do it all on their own dude this is huge yeah i, I we're going to space yeah, bro uh <laughs> i asked you a question earlier i'm gonna ask you again would you would you suck dick <laughs> to go to space I don't think so, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, I thought about it, you know, like up until you asked me again, I don't think I would do that, bro. I think I'm, like I said, Seriously? I think I'm cool on earth, dog. Like, I really think I'm, I'm not down for, I don't even like flying, dude. So like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to blast off. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, <laughs> you really, you really just don't want to like, <laughs> I'm not trying to go up there. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Like, I definitely would do it. I would definitely. You would go. suck Especially, a dude's dick. I mean, I wouldn't be the first one. <laughs> no, I wouldn't suck a dude's dick to do it. I mean, <laughs> probably not. Depends on how expensive the tickets are. You know, it's either it's either two hundred and fifty thousand dollars or you blow me. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, uh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's the problem though, is I haven't I haven't sucked any dick, so I'm probably not any good at it. That's why I would let you do it. What? <laughs> I haven't either, man. Because you're so good at I'm it. So good. After all your fuck? practice. <laughs> I have never sucked a dude's dick, dude. That's not I'm not about I'm not about that life. Yeah, I, I don't know. think there's no problem with <laughs> there's it. There's no problem with it. I'm just that's just not my personal no. preference. <laughs> no, not particularly. I remember one time I was hanging out with a gay friend of mine, and um, I don't know how we got on the topic, but we were uh, we were talking about giving oral, just in general, and receiving oral. Um, and then he just went off on this whole tangent about just how he, like just very descriptive about how he loves just gobbling dick and just it went into graphic detail about the feeling of it in his mouth and in his throat and stuff you know i am it's it was funny too because i haven't even had a girl do that for me you know that's that's what was the funniest thing i was like i've never even i've not I, a girl's never explained to me with this much detail what it. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Like. I was like, <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> and here's this guy just outside of a bar smoking a cigarette with me, just like loudly telling me about it. Interesting. And how much he loves it in every aspect of it. And then I was just like, you could tell it was making me kind of uncomfortable, which obviously made him want to like keep doing mm-hmm. it. So then I was just sitting there and just. I just had to like accept it and roll with it and then it was cool, you know? Yeah. 
<laughs> there was a there was a few moments there that felt like I was stuck. I was stuck in space and time, just listening to just just getting detailed. terrible stuff. I was just getting brain fucked, dude. I was getting. I was, dude, it was bad. I was just getting ear. It was just a dick molested. suck brain fuck. <laughs> dude, it's a dick suck ear molest. I don't know how else to explain it. This is miserable. Oh my god! I had to take a shower afterwards. <laughs> Q-tips don't feel the same anymore. I don't understand. <laughs> oh my god! Well, let's uh, let's move on. To, let's move on. <laughs> Let's get on to the last thing here. Uh, I believe you wanted to talk about some uh, concentrate, you know, uh, a different form of concentrate than we talked about last time. Yes. Yes. So last time we talked about CRC and I explained why I hate it. (laughs) Which, I mean, makes sense. I'm not a fan of it either. Uh, I don't, I don't enjoy I've had some a few times with you, I believe, and I've, I I think I've bought a gram before. Just like, oh, this looks like fire, and I was disappointed. But what are what are we talking about today? Well, today I wanted to talk about cured resin extracts, which I've seen become pretty popular in the last probably like year or so, okay. I'd say. And I've seen a few different brands in a few different states now, so I know it's become like a requested item too and it's i i thought it was a good thing to bring up in juxtaposition to the crc because it's also another coloring concept and really what i'm talking about is is using aged dried plant material versus fresh frozen material okay now, in, in CRC and color remediation, chromatography, they are also, they can use whatever material they want, and they're filtering out that color, mm-hmm. right, through that charcoal or silicon or silicate um, filtration column that they set up. Yeah. Um, but oftentimes, what happens is when you want to get really good colored product is you are controlling when you actually harvest it, and that's so after you pull out all the plant material in the extraction process, once you do extract out those trichomes and resin glands, they're in such an immature state that they haven't had any coloration yet. And so that's why it looks like milky white like that. It's because you'll, the people will actually harvest the plant at like week six. Oh, okay. Which is, which is really early. And in, and in some respects it's, you're losing quite a bit of weight because in week six to eight is when you do a lot of that finished setting. It's when you're not necessarily getting bigger buds anymore, but they fill it. They fill in for density. density. Yeah. 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 And, but you know, at the same time it's, it's, if you're controlling, you know, if your game plan is vertically integrated in the first place and you're growing the weed for that purpose, then harvesting early is part of the, process it becomes less worrisome in in cost expectations or revenue expectations so anyway um the the cured resin i bring up is because really what it is 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 it's a a new technology of live resin extraction applied to an older raw material extract type so what i mean by that is a, a cured resin extract another word for that would be like traditional hash like brown hash that you see wrapped in elastic it's coming out of lebanon you know made famous in france and stuff like that one of the most famous extractors for this would be frenchy cannoli on instagram Mm -hmm. and he is like he selects flour and then ages it and cures it himself for months after harvest and once it's done sorry this is already after it's been um like harvested and processed or is it he's getting it you fresh from it. harvest and then doing this process? He'll buy it. Well, you do, a lot of the time he's you don't want to transplant transfer it when it's fresh like yeah. that. So he'll he'll get it. He will go get it from them like right as they've said that it's trimmable. Okay, essentially, and then he collects it and will cure it on a further state 
past that or he'll just give the direction to the people who are doing it and then they'll just continue the curing process and he'll come oh, he'll it. come and pick it up after a certain amount Interesting. of time. Um, I probably shouldn't give away too many details, but what's really, what's interesting about this is, you know, off people, the reason why you do fresh frozen is for the preservation of terpene. Um, and that live, that but, live terpene that's kind of still there when the plant's growing or alive. Exactly. Still. Well, it would, I mean, and the amount that's present in the live plant material is seven to eight times more mm-hmm. than when it's cured. And again, that just has to do with the evaporative nature of terpenes, the volatile nature of terpenes. Um, and so he, he gets, he gets product and I usually it's, it's whole, it's whole flower. And when you cure it properly, like we've talked about in the past, you're, you're capturing and locking in that terpene within the sealed component of the organic material of the total bud from the trichome in there. And then those trichomes age. And what's interesting when, when resin glands and trichome age is not only do you get conversion over time. So all of your cannabinoids and trichomes that hadn't developed into pure THC or THCA, those will actually convert into some of those better macro compounds Mm -hmm. over time. Um, And then they also, um, the glands themselves um, cure out and they, the, the, the matrix of the matrix structure of the compound um, loosens up, loosens up. So when it actually comes time for extraction, you get a a, a more even and consistent um, mixture from the agitation within the ice water. Um, and that's also why it comes out looking like dark, dark brown is because all of the glands have aged and have turned color through that aging process. Mm -hmm. And if cured, you still, you have a unique raw material now that still possesses a lot of the terpene in it because the terpene is locked with inside of that raw material. Um, but it has to be re it has to be sort of reinvigorated, right? So you think about it almost like dehydrating food, you yeah. know, and then they rehydrate it, right? And it's like like a re a dehydrated strawberry s- smells like a strawberry, but it doesn't smell the same as when it's fresh rehydrated, right? Yeah. So um, it's interesting. You now and what I and then so that kind of explains the old world process and then what they're or the old world raw material and then what they're doing is they're running material like that through new hydrocarbon extraction processes and updated machinery and so you're getting really nice live resin that's made instead of with fresh frozen it's made with cured material Um, and because of that it's going to be a much darker product but through that process and through that aging process, it's a, 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 a richer product, pro- product and more full spectrum, actually. Um, in, in at least, you know, can be if it's done correctly yeah. and the materials are being sourced and cared for correctly. Obviously, if you go and buy booth trim and let it sit out for a while and then try and run it and say it's cured resin, it's it's not going to be a high quality product, uh-huh. right? You, the 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 integrity of this is in how that long term curing process is done, and then also obviously selecting really really great whole plant raw material in general as well, right? So it's still it would be just as good as if it was fresh frozen, but you actually cropped it and dried it and then held on to it longer. So, what I'm curious about. <clears throat> When it comes to holding on to it longer, uh, you know, just in the kind of the experience that I have with like curing and drying is, you know, you kind of, you lose some of that, like those, the terps you'd get from the fresh frozen. When you're doing that, you know, that cure, it's probably a really, like, it seems like a long process to actually be able to um, keep on to the some of the terpene and also just you're like extending it slowly it's like it's it because it, it it seems like you could just 
the way you're explaining it, like you could think about it in two ways. Like you're, you're really drying the stuff out, but you don't want to like zap it dry. Cause then you'll just, everything will, exactly. everything will just like evaporate and, you know, and, and go away. So it seems like you're just kind of slowly, but surely just curing and curing and curing until you're ready to extract. And that's, that's interesting. Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah. Right. So it's, yeah, it's, 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 and this is why it comes down to that expertise of understanding and articulating that those cure settings, mm-hmm. right? What your environmental settings are, yeah, um, and being able to sustain that over time. And so, you know, this isn't just being stuck in a free, in a turkey bag and then burped every while. You yeah, know? this is a specific process. Um, and the other thing too, you know, is is as you can tell in the finished product because it still is testing pretty high in terpene and it has a much glossier look like it looks like a higher a high quality oil like i i don't know it's i've looked at a, a ton of oil and so there's a, a certain consistency of really really good extracts when they're coming from good raw material where there's no um there's uh, no uh, homogenization between the uh, finished crystals and the terpene, mm-hmm. right? Um, and sometimes, sometimes homogenization is purposeful, you know. But oftentimes it's because there's not only the big crystallization, but they also it's got a bunch of micro crystallization in there. Um, there's still some fats and lipids that's binding mm-hmm. it all together. And so when you see really really good like terp and diamond mixtures, it's like you know. It's you know cool when they've looking. been done correctly because yeah. it's and they they're separate from each mm-hmm. other, right? It really does look like blocks of ice in like a drink, right? And that's because they cured those diamonds yeah. away. What it makes me think of is back when you're in like as a, you know in school when you're younger and you have like the the water and oil in like the two liter that they the, like I just remember seeing this in like science class and stuff, and it was like a clearly separate layer, like. Yes. And then you would shake it up and it would just always kind of eventually separate back to those two different layers. Mm-hmm. It's it's like, it's how it looks when you see like a jar of, of like, you know, a nice crystal with terp, like the separation is so cool. It's, you can like watch, you know, I love watching like just, you know, the pour off, you know, videos you see online, you know, that just the, it's, yeah, it's, it's like a, <clears throat> like you're saying, it's really easy to tell the, the difference between you know, like a higher end, uh, extract and seeing that separation. Yeah. So I think, I think understand, oh, I think understanding that like kind of pieces like that. And then knowing, you know, not every, like there's a reason why extracts have color to them. You're looking for color. Color is a good sign when it's a bad sign is if it's green, like a weird orange color, or if it's too consistent, right? And sometimes too consistent isn't a problem, but I think like you see this in like propane extracts and like ethanol live resins mm-hmm. and stuff like that with these more simpler, with these more simpler noble gases that are used, they they create just like a uniform product every time. The coloration of the, but it doesn't matter what you put in, it's going to come out like at the same time. CO2. And that just has to do with, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, uh, I've been, I've, I was ex- kind of excited to talk about it cause I've been trying some, um, cured resin extracts from a few different companies recently and I really enjoyed them. And so I thought it'd be a cool thing to kind of wrap up with. Oh yeah. It's, it's very interesting cause it's kind of, it's taking like the the like not necessarily the opposite approach of fresh frozen, but definitely just a different, a different method of like of handling that raw material before it goes into being made into concentrate. So that was, that's really interesting. You know, it's something that I wasn't you know necessarily aware of and it just seems like, uh, I, I, you know, I'm excited to try some. It seems like, a the high would be really nice and you probably still get a good, uh, a good flavor. It reminds me because when it's where really if where the effect is really captured right 
It's less about the terpene, less about the color, and more about the compound conversion that occurs in that long cure process. So you're getting a more purified set of compounds in your extract. And you're getting a different set than traditional. And so you're getting some CBGs in there. You're getting some CBNs in there. Um, you're getting a lot of uh, Delta-8. Um, and you're getting a lot of THCA. And those are those interact differently, and that's also those are um, usually more associated in higher dosages when you're smoking and combusting flour, mm-hmm. right? Because um, it happens in the decarboxylation process that occurs when you flame that weed. So, I think for me personally, um, I think that the it gives a bit of a more like hash sort of high. Yeah. Right, even though it's a it's a hydrocarbon extraction, because you can have cured resin, pure hash. It would, that's like traditional hash, but that's a solventless product. I'm talking about cured cured resin solvent products, and because of that compound change, I feel like it changes the high to be a bit more hash like, um, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, sure. but I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts are on it. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to, we have to give it a few weeks. Smoke some yeah. when you smoke again. Yeah. Give it a few weeks and let my, let me get back to being able to be high without, without wow, You'll be it. boofing straight distillate in no time. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, shoot, dude. This is a, a fun episode. Always a pleasure. Yeah, yeah seriously. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening.